I would ask, what is your reaction, your personal gut reaction to the following story, the following true story? Her name was Dolores Hart. She was born in 1938, the daughter of actor Bert Hicks and the niece of the world-famous tenor Mario Lanza. In the late 1950s and early 1960s, she was a young actress whose star was definitely on the rise. In 1957, she co-starred with Elvis Presley in Loving You. The following year, she was in another Presley film, King Creole. In 1960, she had one of the lead roles in the then popular teen movie, Where the Boys Are. In 1959, she was doing a play in New York City when a close friend of hers invited her to come along and meet some nuns, some Benedictine nuns in the Abbey of Regina Laudis in nearby Bethlehem, Connecticut. Dolores Hart responded to the invitation by saying, Nuns? No way. I don't want to meet any nuns. But her friend was persistent. She said, Trust me, these sisters are very special. Did I ever steer you wrong? So Dolores finally went, and she enjoyed her visit. And she went back again, and again, and again, a number of times in between shows in New York. Eventually, she asked the Reverend Mother, do you think I have a vocation? The Reverend Mother answered, no, no. You go back and do your movie thing. You're much too young. So she went back to acting. She did Where the Boys Are, and then another film on the life of St. Francis of Assisi, a film in which she played the role of St. Clair. When she was in Rome making that movie about Francis, she had the honor of meeting the Pope, John XXIII at the time, the Pope who convened the Second Vatican Council. When she was introduced to the Holy Father, she said, Holy Father, I'm Dolores Hart an actress playing Claire. The Pope responded, no, you are Claire. Well, Dolores thought the Holy Father misunderstood her, so she repeated her statement, Holy Father, I'm Dolores Hart, an actress portraying Claire. And this time the Pope looked right into her eyes and said emphatically, no, you are Claire. She was engaged at the time to a man named Don Robinson. In a recent interview, Dolores Hart said this about her engagement. It was a very wonderful experience for Don Robinson and me. He had the feeling that I might have a calling. He wanted to try the engagement. Let's give this a try. Several days went by and we were driving down the road when he stopped the car. Don said, something isn't right. Do you love me? Of course, Don, I love you. He asked again, and then said, something in you is not with me. 
When I returned home at 1 a.m., I called and got a flight for 6 a.m. to Regina Laudis. God is far from all of us until we get into the reality of ourselves. I finally came to say, in my heart more than anything, and then openly to myself, my search for God was a marital search. When I spoke to Don again, he knew, because a man knows, every human being knows, when something is real. We were at supper, and I didn't have my ring on. Don said, I know. I've known it. This is what you've got to do. And I've got to do this with you. We've got to do this together. That was an amazing gift. And all these years, he's been like that. Don says, every love doesn't have to wind up at the altar. Many relationships can wind up a lot worse. He never married. Don comes every year at Christmas and Easter. He wants to do whatever he can for the community. You have to be open to a larger family in a vocation. When you don't have children of your own, you realize your children may be of a high order as a test of faith. My brothers and sisters, Dolores Hart has lived in the Abbey of Regina Laudis in nearby Bethlehem, Connecticut, since 1963. In 2001, she became the prioress of the community, which means that her official title is now Mother Dolores Hart. At the beginning of my homily, I asked you to monitor your reaction, your personal gut reaction to that story. Here we have a beautiful, talented young woman. By the way, I have a picture of her from her actress days on my blog. She was a beautiful woman. She had a bright future in the entertainment industry, and she gave it all up to serve Jesus Christ and the church as a religious sister. She gave up marriage and having a natural family, as well as fame and fortune, to live in a cloistered monastery in Connecticut for 40-plus years. In all honesty, what is your reaction to that story? Or better yet, imagine for a moment that you were Dolores, Dolores Hart's mother, or her father. Truthfully, how would you have felt about her decision to enter the convent? Would you have said, Dear, what are you doing? What a waste. See, I know Catholics who would have said something like that. Would you have been a little more diplomatic and said, well, go ahead and do it if that's what you want. Translated, that means, well, if you insist on throwing your life away like this, go ahead. I can't stop you, but don't expect me to be happy about it. Or would you have rejoiced? that Dolores Hart was finally fulfilling God's perfect plan for her life by following the Lord's call and becoming a religious sister. I suppose your reaction would be determined to a great extent by your general outlook on life. You see, if you look at life in purely natural terms, as many people do, then you obviously would say that it was a waste, that this woman made a mistake, a very big mistake. 
But if you truly believe that God has a plan for everybody, for every single person he has created, if you believe the words of Jeremiah 29, where the Lord says, I know well the plans I have in mind for you, plans for your welfare, not for woe, plans to give you a future full of hope. And if you believe that a person will only be truly happy to the extent that he follows the Lord's call and follows his plan during their time on earth, if you believe all that, then you will praise God for what happened to Dolores. You will rejoice that this woman finally heard the call and recognized it and responded to it in accord with the Lord's plan for her life. Speaking of responses to religious vocations, I often wonder how the families and friends of Peter, James, John, and all the rest reacted when they learned that these men were leaving their businesses, leaving their former lives, to follow this unknown rabbi from Nazareth named Jesus. As we heard in today's Gospel from Luke 5, after blessing them with a miraculous catch of fish, probably the best they had ever had, ironically enough. It was the best they ever had. But after doing that, Jesus called these men away to be his very first apostles. And they accepted the invitation, knowing what it meant knowing that it involved a complete, radical commitment on their part. As it says in the last line of the story, when they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. Did you hear that word? Everything. That included, incidentally, not only their fishing business, but also their families and their friends. They were to go on the road with Jesus of Nazareth full-time to be fishers of men, with nothing and with nobody to hold them back. Now here's an interesting question. What do you think Peter's wife said? <laughs> we know he had a wife, because he had a mother-in-law. You can't get a mother-in-law without a wife. Most of you guys know that. They go together. I won't go there, but you know what I mean. Jesus cured his mother-in-law. So he had to have been married at the time of this call. What do you think she said when he went home that day and told her what he was planning to do? By the way, dear, I got some good news and I got some bad news. The good news is I met this incredible man today at work. You wouldn't believe what he did. Best catch we ever had. Bad news is I'll be leaving with him tomorrow. Ladies, what would you have said? Until she met Jesus for herself and experienced her own personal conversion, she probably didn't have too many good things to say about the situation. More than likely, her support for her husband's vocation came only gradually. Hopefully, we will always be very supportive of people that we know who are trying to discern a vocation, either to the priesthood or the diaconate or religious life, even if they happen to be from our own family. 
Our desire for them should be that they discern God's will correctly. Remember I talked about discernment a few weeks ago. This is important. We should want them to discern correctly and then to follow God's call faithfully in their lives since that's where they will find their greatest happiness and fulfillment. So our prayer for them should be, Lord, if it's your will for them to be a priest or deacon or religious, help them to see it. If that's your call for them, help them to hear it. If, on the other hand, it's not your will for them or your plan, if, in fact, you're calling them to another state of life and another vocation, then please help them to see that as well. Let me give Mother Dolores Hart the last word this afternoon. That seems most fitting. When she was asked, what would you say to someone considering a vocation? She responded as follows. I can only go back to my own experience, which was a long and severe test, and it was not easy. I would say you can never allow anyone to take you out of a vocation. The fact is there is a promise given in a vocation that is beyond anything in your wildest dreams. There is a gift the Lord offers, and he is a gentleman. I have not been profoundly missed by any means in the outside world. My vocation has been totally gratifying, and I wouldn't want anyone thinking that in leaving Hollywood I was disappointed. For every generation the call of a vocation is different because the needs of the church are different. Young men and women today who are seeking God in this new era really have to listen to their hearts. This age must have its own witness. Dear Lord, may all those whom you are calling right now to the priesthood, the diaconate, or religious life, listen intently to their hearts and follow your good and loving plan for their lives in imitation of faithful disciples like Peter, James, John, and Mother Dolores Hart. Amen.